Hi, everybody. I just wanted to give a quick heads up that today's episode includes a story about sexual assault. So keep that in mind before you listen, and please take care of yourself. Hello to everybody who just had a tooth fall out of their head. Where's that just me? It's beautiful, anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. Rather go one on one. I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to Beautiful Anonymous, the show that tells all of humanity's stories, one individual at a time, anonymously, via the somewhat archaic technology of the telephone. That's a description for a show that doesn't sound so hip and flashy, but what it is, is a good show. And a lot of people love it, and I love it too, and I love that I get to do it. Thank you. And I love that I get to do it live sometimes, and I get to meet you all. Thanks to everybody who came out to our live shows in Woodstock, did the early taping, did the late show stand-up, very fun times. Much love to my friend Mike Campbell at The Colony for bringing me back. That's one of my favorite venues. And guess what? If you're listening to this the week it comes out, This Thursday, the 18th, I'll be in San Francisco. 19th, I'll be in Sacramento. 20th, I'll be in Phoenix, Arizona. All of those shows will be the early show is a live BA taping. Late show is stand-up. ChrisGeth.com for tickets and info. I'd love to see if people came out. San Francisco, Sacramento, and Phoenix. That being said, this week's episode. Ooh, ooh. There's nightmare stories out there. There's stories that happen where you go, man... How are people falling for stuff? These things are, are, people get taken advantage of. You see online scams, right? These emails go out, hey, I'm a prince in this country and I need to really, and and you go, man, the reason these get sent out is because sometimes people manage to get roped into stuff. And sometimes it's people we love. Sometimes you see someone you love getting involved in a situation and you don't know how to stop its momentum. And you got a bad feeling about it. And, and that's what happened with our caller. As you can tell from the title of the episode, our, the, the caller's mother fell in love with a scam artist. And we hear all the details on that. We hear the details on what happened and what it's like to be someone's child and to watch your parent going down this road where you don't know how to get involved. You don't know how to stop it. It's really fascinating stuff. It's kind of scary. It's also kind of, I think, culturally, the type of thing that you go, man, these internet scams, the internet's still young enough that they come up all the time and people are going to study stuff like this and go, how do we how do we make sure this doesn't happen? And in the same way, we think decades back to like flim flam artists who were pickpockets. You go, this is the modern version of that. You get to hear all the, all the details. I, uh, I'll never forget this call. I hope you get something out of it. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello. Hello. Hi, Chris. How are you? Oh, that's... I tell you, that question today, (laughs) if I'm being honest, here's how I am is I was out to dinner last night with my wife and my son and my mother-in-law. We were doing some outdoor dining, and I bit down at one point and felt uh, half of a tooth just fall out. 
and I pushed it back oh, in with no, my tongue like and then sat in, yeah, it was like an actual anxiety dream, but in real life. And then I kind of pushed it back into place with my tongue. And then I got three hours of sleep last night and I managed to find a, mm-hmm. a dentist with an appointment. I have a temporary crown, but that was, mm. that was a shell shocking experience. That's how I'm doing is I'm on three hours of sleep and I recently had a tooth fall out of my head. Now, how are you? That sounds pretty horrific to be honest. And I thought my day was just a bit mental. I, I'm okay. I'm in the UK and it's like nearly nine o'clock, I guess, half eight. But I've been on work call since 7 a.m. because I work with loads of different countries and I've started my day with Australia and then I finished with the US. And you're just like, why? Why do people need so much from me? But other than that, life is good. I'm fine. Um, thank you for asking. Can I ask what, um, what industry are you in that you're dealing with people all over the world? Um, it's quite specific. I, I work in advertising. But I represent illustrators. So I help them manage their projects and their commissions. And essentially, I'm an agent, but specifically for illustrators, um, which is beautifully niche. I love it so much. That's um, cool. Yeah. And you said in advertising, so Dream job. <laughs> like graphic design for adverti- like for the advertising industry? Yeah, like, you know, when you see a campaign that's got, like, an illustration part to it, and yeah. that's the kind of stuff we want to be doing. Um, we do editorial and, and other bits as well, but there's no money in that. And those, those yeah, it's a good job. And can those illustrators, like, do they ever, like, bust out and become rock stars in the advertising world? You ever have a client just bust out where everybody I mean, wants them? Yeah, one of my artists is, like, super busy and doing amazing because she's producing work that's like really on trend, really feminist, really like empowered. But yeah, um, that's like the dream when you have a client who's like really, really cool and having that moment. And then the, the goal is to try and make the most of it and make it kind of go long time. So yeah, yeah I'm very lucky. That's how my agents used to anyway, feel I've about been... me as a comedian. Really. <laughs> on a hot streak. I'm sure they still have their moments. <laughs> Do you have any illustrators who are really, really killing it in 2016 and 2017 that you still work with, even though they're not killing it as hard? Because that's um, that's that's the me of no, your of your client stable. No, unfortunately not. I've moved agencies a few times, and now I'm I'm sort of leading my own one. So yeah, mm, now uh, I can hopefully have a really long term relationship with people. But before it's been a bit jumpy. But anyway, yeah. I, I can't think about that loads. Otherwise, I'll make myself incredibly obvious. Yeah, no, that, I um, tell you what, breaking out and starting your own thing though within that world, very cool. Congrats to you. Thanks. Um, so I had a really specific story I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and I don't think it's been on the show before, though apologies if it has. I haven't managed to make it through the whole 300 whatever backlog of episodes. I've only mm. made it about halfway. So okay. the old ones have been passed me. I apologize. Um, but I, I wanted to talk to you about my mum, who I um, have not had contact with for maybe like five years now, quite a while, um, because she, yeah, she fell in love with the wrong person. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think how to say it without kind of completely spoiling the ending early on, but um Essentially, she yeah, she fell in love with a scam artist, moved abroad, and lost all of her money. So scam artist. Intense. Sorry. Now, yeah, 
Okay. So first question, when you say that, um, you know, you hear about people who get scammed in a number of different Mm -hmm. directions, but you say she fell in love with this person and moved abroad. Does this mean like, is this, is this per like, are they together and he's just sucked all the money dry? Or is he like a professional scam artist that got her to uproot her whole life? And then she got out there and found out that he's a scam artist and not in love. Like, which one are we talking? I think it's the second one, but it's a really, really complicated situation. Essentially, she's she's no longer with him and she's now back in the UK. Um, And to quote my aunt, she doesn't have a pot to piss in. So she's lost, she sold her house and has lost all of her money. And she's, you know, 60 something. Um, and she'd be retiring soon, and now she has nothing, and lives with her parents, my grandparents. So <laughs> it's a bit of a mess. But my my mum always had um, she, my my parents divorced when I was really young, so I'm thirty, early thirties now. Um, my parents divorced when I was like seven or something, and since then my mum never got a boyfriend in the UK. She was very shy, like almost cripplingly so, like refused to date. But she'd go on holiday and have these, like, romantic slings. (laughs) You know, local Cypriot guys, Turkish guys. She had a type. And, like, I always kind of respected her choices and thought, you know what, you go and have fun. Go you, that's fine, that's fine. Um, Until, like, a few of those relationships started to be a bit weird. I don't know. That's quite hard to talk about. Um... Feel free to interject if I just start talking too much. Sorry. No, um, I'm all ears on this so one. She, okay. So she has had a couple of boyfriends in the past. Like when I was growing up, like early teens, I remember she was with this one separate guy for like five years. And we would fly back and go on all of our holidays would be to Cyprus so that she could see him. Um, and I found out through my family a few years later when I was a bit older that she'd given him £10,000 to buy some land and invest in him starting a farm or something. Um, but then he broke up with her so he could marry a local girl. Um, that was the first lesson she didn't learn from. <laughs> and then um, she started going to Turkey instead, different kind of similar beach holiday vibes, um, similar type of guys. She would date locals. Um, the last relationship before this specific one I called about and um, she was dating this guy called Smiley great name mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. he, um, she got a phone call after they'd been together for maybe like 18 months she got a phone call from his wife um, he told her he was divorced he wasn't his wife screamed down the phone at her in Turkish she called me up because she, this happened when she was on like day one of a two week holiday so she broke up with him. I obviously like, consoled her and just said, okay, enjoy your holiday, relax, like make the most of it. Um, and she, I didn't hear from her again until she made it back to the UK. And then she told me that while she was away, she'd gone into this jewelry store and met this guy who kept asking her out and she kept going back into the same jewelry store to chat with him. And they went on a date on her last night of her holiday and it was, it was a most romantic night of her life. He gave her some earrings. He gave her some flowers. It was incredible. And she was like gushing. Um, and I'm 
quite a skeptical person so I was a bit more like okay I mean interesting but like maybe you need to see how this develops um fast forward a week and she's telling me that because we used to talk every single day me and my mom and within a week she was talking to him every day like five hours on a video call they were proclaiming their love for each other and she decided that she wanted to move to Turkey within a week (laughs) so this has to be I mean it has to be maddening because when you first say earlier in the call, like, oh, my mother fell in love with a scam artist who took all her money. We've all heard these tragic tales of people who, you know, a lot of times they are people who are maybe older or, you know, widowed or widowers or lonely and, and, yeah. and they get manipulated by someone who's very good at these cons. But this has to be, this sounds particularly maddening because this is, you're making it clear f- far from the first time. Like you're you're rattling off all the things that built up to this. <laughs> yeah, it was a pattern, let's say, and then it just exploded in one final relationship. So things got worse from there, obviously. So she spent, I mean, I think they met maybe in early June, let's say. And then throughout the summer, she was like, I love him, I love him, I love him, I want to be with him. And she went to go visit him maybe early August. Um, and again, like she called me in tears halfway through her holiday because apparently he had told her that he was 42 and at that time I'm trying to think back maybe she was like late 50s and so it was a big age gap already and she was like oh I feel really bad my little toy boy but you know (laughs) and again there's still a part of me that's like you go mum you know what divorce lady you enjoy yourself but she called me in tears because um, she was over at his and she found his ID card um, and the date of birth on the card had his age at 35 uh-huh. which is obviously like that another big uh-huh. difference lying about the age at all tears. I mean not a good sign is it and now, now, so I was like, yeah, and and remind me so, because it's bounced around so much, and we've heard about Smiley and a number of other um, um, people along the way. So you're this this is the this is the guy who really fleeced your mom. This is the big one. This is the big this one. Is she's big in her, I can't she's, actually remember his name because I like, pushed it out of my mind. And you said she was in her fifties. She was in her fifties. She late finds 50s, yeah. late fifties. He winds up being thirty-five. And how old are you around this time? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. So he's quite much, much closer to mine. Um, yeah. But wait for it. You're gonna absolutely fucking love this. Okay. So I, I was like, my advice. Okay, cut your losses. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just go back to your hotel, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Right. And she was like, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, and then I don't hear from her again until she's back from holiday. And when I do hear from her, she's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We talked. We talked. He has an explanation. So, so Chichek, that was his name. But Chichek was born in a very small village in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And you see, they didn't really have hospitals there. So he was born just in the village. And the first time he went to a hospital, 
was when he was seven. And that was the date of birth they gave him. <laughs> That's what he said to cover up a lie about his age? Was that they, they said a seven-year-old was one day old? Exactly. A seven-year-old walks into a hospital with whatever minor injury he has, and a fully-fledged doctor looks at him and goes, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say this is a newborn baby covered in vernix. I better slap him on the bottom to get him to breathe. If somebody could, yeah. let's go yeah. ahead and cut the cord. Can we go ahead and just cut the umbilical cord on this seven-year-old child who ties his own shoes and is uh, fully potty trained and knows basic yeah. spelling and reading? Seven. Seven. I, I'm terrible at guessing kids' ages, but I'd at least be like, maybe like five max. And now, <laughs> so this person is now clearly just a liar. And are you, at, at this point, yeah. is your family who's seen this happen before, are you all just bouncing like oh my god red flags yeah how's everybody reacting well i think i was the one who took it most seriously so my my grandparents have throughout this entire thing been very like oh we can't really tell her what to do she's gonna have to make her mistakes weird my brother is um he he's slightly on the spectrum and he not he just was also kind of like letting her do her thing. So it was really only me and my husband kind of like, he was like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, and I, I, and I went like fully fledged freak out mode. And I kind of tried, tried my best to dissuade her, but she wasn't having any of it. So I turned into a sleuth. And I basically was like, right, well, I need to get some actual evidence for this woman because she doesn't seem to fucking understand anything. So I found, they they always communicated on Facebook um, and my mum was kind of complaining that I wasn't open to talking to him and I was like, well, if he wants to talk to me, that's fine. <laughs> so I went to add him on Facebook and never heard back. And I was like, this is just weird. He's clearly, like, clearly something's wrong. So I started looking through his friends list and he maybe had like 150 friends, small profiles. Well, first off, I found two profiles for him. I found the one my mum was friended with, and then I found another one where Not, he was actually connected with a load of Turkish people. Never a good... I was just going to say, was that the one with like 2,000 friends? Yeah, that was... I mean, maybe not 2,000, but you know, it was his main profile, yeah. and my mum was connected to the foreigners account. The one that was all, um, all older older uh, women? Genuinely, yeah. So like 90% of his friends were slightly overweight, divorced, or widowed, over 50. Okay. Women. And your mom does not want to listen to reason on this. Now, can I ask you, let me ask you a question. Cause you mentioned a lot of these were situations. And again, because there's been a lot of info, I, remind me a lot of these where your mom would go on holiday and, and, and meet these people. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And she just meet guys. Yeah. Well, I have also come to understand and tell me this, if this is true that, and I've, I've actually come to understand that I think this drives a lot of British people nuts is that mm -hmm. I think, I think in the rest of Europe, what I've picked up on is the reputation is that when the British go on holiday, that they go hard and they party and they drink and there's areas like, is it, is it, what are the areas like Mayorga? Is that, am I thinking right? 
You are 100 percent speaking the truth, although not my reality. Like that's not, not my rea- kind of thing. But, it, I, but I, I, and, I, and also not my mom. Well, I was going to bring it up like, to say. Apart from the fact. Oh no! You speak, please. I was going to say she took she took me to Ibiza when I was seven, which is a bit of a weird thing to do with a kid. But other than that, my mum's not a party hound. So that's what you're insinuating. Um. I, well, I I just bring it up to say that I would imagine that there might be people who there there might i could just imagine that there's 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 people out there who who have who can make an industry out of trying to get money out of Brit, drunken british partiers who travel Absolutely. to the rest of the continent yeah and i think i think that is from from my research and from like i think you guys have 90 day fiance or something that's not made it over to the uk yet but there are similar tv shows mm-hmm. and this is the thing there are there are certain places where british people holiday that where the older women are preyed on by mm-hmm. local men who see a dollar sign mm-hmm. um and and that's what's happened to my mom over and over so it's not like she would be out at a club going crazy she'd be at her hotel bar and a local guy would come over and start chatting and it would be very sweet and romantic and sometimes it would turn into an okay relationship for a bit and a lot of the time it was for a piper um yeah. Yeah. So next is part of the story. Um, I messaged the women that the guy was friends with on Facebook. Oh really? <laughs> so you went yeah. full detective. Um I took this so seriously. Obviously. I mean she was talking about selling her house. She'd already quit her job, like she was making serious plans to go. So I, I've drafted this very lovely email and I said like hi you don't know me my mum is dating this guy and um, she's talking of moving over there in the next few months before I get to meet him I'd love to know anything you can tell me about him really appreciate it thanks like I tried not to be leading or whatever um, and I sent that and it just so happened I was going up to visit my mum the next day for my brother's birthday um, and overnight I got like well how many of those did you send out there must have been like thirty or forty. So, so you send out thirty I went or hard forty. For like, yeah, and how many responses I send out 30 come back? 40. Overnight, I get eight. Eight. And over time, I've since got even more. But but that one night, I got eight messages back, and they were like, "Hi, he scammed my mum for ten thousand pounds. Hi, he was proposed. He was engaged to my best friend. Hi, he's asked me to marry him three times." Hi, he's given me a nervous breakdown because he keeps asking me for money. Like, horror story. Every single one of them. And let's pause there. Because, wow, that's like a movie moment. And it's validating all of your worst suspicions. Ooh, that is a, a rough moment and one that deserves a break. Luckily, we have breaks from our fine advertisers who bring the show to the world. Check these out. We'll be right back. Thanks to all of our advertisers, and now let's get back into the phone call. But that one night, I got eight messages back, and they were like, "Hi, he was proposed. He was engaged to my best friend. Hi, he's asked me to marry him three times. Hi, he's given me a nervous breakdown because he keeps asking me for money. Like 
horror story. Every single one of them. And not not one of them that's like, great dude, compassionate, loves animals and kids. Your mom's not, not one of them. Not one of them. No, not a single one. Not so, a single one. So at this point, you must be showing these to your mom and begging her to, to come up for air and not do this. 100%. 100%. So I literally screenshot them all, sent them to my mom, and I was like, I'm seeing you in the morning. Digest these. Let's talk about it when I get there. Me and my husband drive up. Um, my brother's there as well for his birthday. Most fucking awkward birthday weekend ever. Mm, not ideal. Not ideal. I'm sure your brother's not <laughs> thrilled that you decided to be Sherlock Holmes that day. Oh, it's fine. Um, so I, I obviously talked to her. The whole weekend was kind of like, okay, don't worry about it. Like It's obviously heartbreaking. You can move on. Like You, you might have quit your job, but you've not put your house up yet so maybe we can find you another job like and if you really want to move to Turkey because you want to live in Turkey then we can plan that out long term not a problem just maybe not for this guy so she sort of like nodded along for the weekend but really didn't want to talk about it like the birthday dinner was essentially silence and it was so painful and we we went back down to London um on like the Sunday night and I wake up Monday morning and she sent me a message at 4am um, basically saying, I'm so sorry, I lied to you the whole time you were here. Ten minutes after you arrived, I said I was going to the toilet. I walked down the road around the corner and I called him and he explained everything. These women are just jealous. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think... That was the point when I was like, okay, this is just done. Like, I was going to say, I was just going to say no that, way of getting through to someone. that has to be a moment where you just throw your hands up and go, what else can I do? What else can I right? do? Yeah. So that was, that was like November 2015. Um, she carries on packing up her life. We had like an awkward We'll talk on the phone, but much less often and, and try and avoid the conversation because she knows where I stand and I know where she stands. And we kind of had a stalemate for a few months. And then I went traveling. And when I was away, my brother called me and was like, have you heard from mom? Have you heard her news? I was like, what the fuck now? <laughs> and um, she apparently had got engaged to him over Christmas didn't tell me about it. I've still never heard about that from her directly. Um, but that was, <laughs> that was a thing. Um, we came back early in January and maybe spoke to her a week later. I think she gave me a phone call and she was due to move out of her house and fly over there two weeks later. So she called me and she was like, Hey, how was your holiday? And my mum has this way of like, um, she just wants to chat about things as if nothing big or bad has happened. She likes to kind of breathe past things. And I think that I just, I hit a wall. Chris. I was like, I can't, I can't talk to you as if nothing's wrong. You're packing up your shit and you're moving country in two weeks to be with someone who is clearly a scam artist. Um, can we not talk about that? And um, things got really bad. So my mom I'm going to try really hard not to cry. Sorry. Um, my mom then 
basically told me that I needed to watch out because how I'd messaged these women was damaging his business and he knew powerful people. And if I didn't watch out for myself, I would be in some serious trouble. Now, that I get why that makes you cry. And you do not need to apologize for crying ever on this show. This goes for anybody in the future who might call. If there's one show <laughs> where crying is invited, it is this one. But that is yeah. that that is when you know that he he has won effectively right because he is threatening yeah, you she was and she's relaying a threat on his behalf and you, and you're her daughter and that is yeah. this person has now sunk his hooks in so deep that she is effectively saying i choose him i'm choosing him over you right like yeah that's brutal. That's brutal. The fact that, I mean, well, I, I just want to say too, I, I think, well, you know, so, so many things now on the show that I have, I, I feel a little more as a parent where I go, if anybody ever asked me to relay a threat to my son on their behalf, I'd, I'd be putting the, I'd be, I'd be trying to put them on their ass. I wouldn't be telling my kid to watch out. I'd be, I'd be reacting against the threat. And your mom instead said, yeah, I'll let her know. That's awful. That's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the conversation that escalated even more, <laughs> she, oh, no. um, so there's a, a little bit of backstory, which I don't think is relevant, but was relevant to the conversation is that, um, I was sexually assaulted at 13 when we were on holiday by a Turkish man. Didn't play anything into my mindset throughout the whole thing with my mom until the conversation when my mom turns around and goes, I think this is just a reaction to what you told me happened when you were younger. I don't even know if that happened. I don't know if I believe you anymore. And then she said, um, and this was a bit worried, okay, fine. Um, she said, I, I don't care if this is um, a bad decision. If I lose all of my money and if I never have a relationship with you ever again, to me, it's worth it. That's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I, I, cause I have to say too, like, this has been a story that's been heartbreaking and like, and, and maddening. It makes me want to tear my hair out, but there have been moments where like you've been laughing and we've been finding those laughs, but that is just, uh, yeah. I, you know, it's you like know dark what, comedy. Uh, no, but this is when it's not, this is, this is, this is when it's just tragedy. This is when we move on from the dark comedy portion of the story to the, to the tragedy, because I, I, I think about this all the time. I think about this all the time that, that so many of the worst feelings in the world are, how would I almost say it? In my experience, a lot of the feelings in life that are worst hold hands with loneliness. Depression and loneliness, feeling betrayed and loneliness, 
feeling um, exploited and loneliness, feeling unable to come up for air from underneath bureaucracy and logistics and all sorts of things, they get coupled with loneliness. It's the, it's the loneliness that sneaks in in all of life's hardest situations, if you ask me. I've just learned that over and over again as, as I get older, I go, man, all the hardest times in my life, they are coupled with this feeling of being alone in it. And you sit here and you go, first of all, it makes you realize that for your mom to opt into this over and over again and to, and, and to have multiple situations in life where exploitive men were able to take advantage of her, there must be a, a loneliness at her core that's heartbreaking. She's trying to fill some sort of void. And then to hear that that, 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 Someone was a someone was able to exploit that to a degree that the she then opted into saying things to you that I have to imagine sever a relationship between a mother and a child, and you're the child left standing there. And I, I have to imagine that when you realize, oh, my mother has just fundamentally betrayed the contract of being a mother. That has to be a loneliness that I can't even imagine, let alone in regards to incidents in your life where you should never be alone. And that I'm so sorry happened to you and that that that's that you were assaulted and someone took advantage of you. And and to have that used against you, let alone by your mom, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. It's got to be about the loneliest feeling on earth, and I wish you never had to go through that. Yeah, it's pretty fucking shit. Yeah. Sorry, Sally. No, no worries. Uh, no, she she won't be mad at you. She she not she she. I think will say that it was deserved, and I also think that mm-hmm. if we're being honest, to American ears, British accents cursing has some charm to it, so she'll probably give you a little bit of leeway on that. <laughs> Okay, fine. I'll just keep my I'll keep going. <laughs> no, um, it's yeah horrible. Um, it, it is. It was. It, I mean, it's it's sort of and that was like the start of twenty sixteen, and so much has happened in my life since. And she's been lost all of her money and come back now, and and we still we still haven't been able to start a new relationship. I mean, I haven't actually had her that she wants to, um, but yeah. even if she does. I, I don't know. I don't know how you come back from that. Honestly. Right. And I'm sure that she is filled with a lot of shame in her behavior. I'm sure that she does not yeah. want to admit that you were completely correct from start to finish in a way that was not even exaggerated at all. And she doesn't want to face the humiliation of that. And then even more so, ooh, and I'm starting to find myself getting mad. Cause I, well, cause I, when you get mad. yeah, well, look, cause here, and I'm going to say so, uh, and I don't even know. I got two things I need to say. I got two things. One is a specific to you point, And another is a social point that's sticking in my head. I want to say one, I want to say this. I feel a lot of pain for your mother. And up until hearing that game changer, but, but now I'm feeling anger towards your mother 
And I'm sure she does not want to deal with that because I bet when you drop the ball that hard with your own kid, it that's a scar that's not going to go away. She's going to be thinking about that on her deathbed, and she should be. And mm. and and uh, and I think I think that uh, she did earn that. You know, she got exploited, she got taken advantage of, and that's uh, and and that's and and in that sense, I do feel a lot of sympathy towards her. But to say you've always claimed that you were taken advantage of sexually. I don't even know if it's true. And you're putting that on this guy. And also all these other women are liars. And this guy has powerful friends who are going to get you. You're at that point. Betraying all sorts of things that you don't betray in life. You don't betray those mm-hmm. with friends. You don't betray those with family and certainly not with the closest family bonds you can. And I mean, and let's also just say too, and who knows, I mean, it sounds like you're, you said your mom tended to, you know, your mom would have these holidays. Your mom would go out and get hers. And there was always a party that was like, all right, no shame in your game. Go have fun, mom. And, and, and I'm not going to slut shame. And, and, and not that I just used a, a popular phrase in reference to your mother. And again, out, no judgment. I'm not sitting here calling your mother slut. I'm saying not calling your mother's no slut shaming. Um, but I will say too, yeah. let's also loop it back around to God damn, there are some people in this world who can who who can sweet talk people into wrecking their lives and saying things that are just yeah. horrific. And man, is that that's just it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I also do on that note want to say mm. this though. And again, I am in deep over my head. One thing I've learned as I've become a more worldly person who's traveled beyond the borders of the States, United States citizens, we will never be able to figure out the swirling morass of Europe and how everybody bounces off each other. And I know Britain's on its way out of Europe. Uh, I think actually technically is out of Europe at this point, right? Um, yeah, don't talk to me about that. We don't want to know. It's point terrible. being though, I know that yeah. every European country, there's all these swirling stereotypes people have about each other. And it is hard. We will never be able to sort them out from afar in the pond. This side of the pond. One thing I will say is um, you were taken advantage of by a Turkish guy, your mom's saying you're using that against this guy. And I just want to say, just from what I've picked up on, is I don't think you're trafficking in any stereotypes. I think there might be a stereotype of like, oh, the, the when you get towards certain areas of Europe, you're going to find swindlers and you're going to find people who would take advantage of women. And I think you're saying, no, mm-hmm. I really gotten taken care of. I got taken advantage of by a guy who happened to be of this background. My mom got taken advantage of a guy who happened to be of this background. I just also want to say, I don't get the sense you're sitting here going, oh man, all men from certain areas are doing this. It's more the opposite, right? Of like, mom, listen yeah, to me. Listen to me. Like, just hear what I'm saying. So I, I did just want to put that out there too. No, I really appreciate that. I mean, as I said, it, it played, it didn't even come into my mind because what happened to me happened so long ago, like when I was so young that I'm not not that you ever deal with it, but I I have gotten to a point in my life and had already by that point where I was pretty healthy with it. 
And I've you know, been back to Turkey and I quite like the Mediterranean area. Like there are great people there. Mm-hmm. And I think it stems, the problem stems from what you were saying, that it, it's an easy target area for that kind of um, scammy relationship to form. And it therefore is appealing for the worst types of people that are there. But it's not that, you know, there's more of those people there because there's fucking terrible people here in the UK. They just maybe mess people around in different ways. They're everywhere. We can't help it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That is so yeah. sad. Man. God damn, that is sad that your mom took it that far. There were lines yeah. in the sand and your mom kept stepping over them. And then it finally was like, hey, and here's a red line. And she stepped right over that. Ooh. Do you even want her back in your life? Do you want her back at this point? I mean, this is the difficult thing, isn't it? Like, I feel guilty that I don't I think because there's, there's a lot more to the story than I could possibly fit into like an hour long time call of course. like the relationship with him towards the end got really abusive um, he weaseled her out of all her money but also he had mental health issues and became physical and started taking drugs around her and there's like a moment when my aunt went she called my aunt saying that they were driving down a highway and he pulled the emergency brake up. And she called my aunt in tears saying, you have to come get me. My aunt flies over to Turkey. Um, and according to her, she flew back with two black eyes without my mom. Wait, your, your, so your aunt, my aunt. So the guy, yeah. the guy beat so, up your mom's sister when your mom's sister showed up to try to help. <laughs> Her, her sister-in-law, yeah, apparently when he, like he, his dad was in the military and they called people over. I don't know how much of it I follow because my aunt is also a very big storyteller and it, it's hard because it's come from like third sources. But the fact that she came back with black eyes, not a good sign. She didn't come back with my mom. It took three more attempts for my mom to leave and she kept going back. And, and I've, I've done a lot of charity work around sexual assault and domestic assault and domestic abuse. And it it is that, that bad relationship where she was love bombed at the start. And then, and then she keeps wanting to go back because she keeps wanting that original relationship and she put up with a lot of abuse. And I find it quite difficult because obviously what happened between her and me is horrible. And I find, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to forgive her the things she said, but from the work I've done around abuse, I also understand that a lot of what happened after wasn't her fault and that she was in a bad situation and she couldn't get herself out of. And it's really, it's really fucking complicated. Let's pause there because that is a severe understatement, right? Where, where does the culpability lie? I get angry at some points. I don't know if I get angry appropriately. All of this is complicated. Take a break. We'll be right back. Thanks again to everybody who sponsors this show. Allows us to bring it to the world. Now let's finish off the phone call. From the work I've done around abuse, I also understand that a lot of what happened after wasn't her fault. And that she was in a bad situation and she couldn't get herself out of. And it's really... It's really fucking complicated. <laughs> so honestly, oh, yeah. I mean, I go back and forth all the time on what I should do and what I shouldn't do. I also don't 
I don't financially have myself in a position where I can or want to help her, to be honest. Like she's lost all of her money and that's kind of on her. Um, and she doesn't seem to want to put her life together. Like she's quite happy living at my grandparents at the moment, essentially waiting for them to die. Is the, the impression I get. Like she's not caring for them. She's not doing anything to help. She's just living there like a teenager. Well, it's, and she, I, and I, I've not heard from that. So, yeah, and, <laughs> and look, there's so many. Like you said, I can't imagine how many hours it would take to lay it all out. But one thing that also sounds clear yeah. is that, um, for as much as your mom said some things that made me very mad, and that I think, I think are it's justified to sit here and go, "Hey, I'm just so you know." I'm getting pissed. And I, I say that because you probably, you, I, you feel so abandoned and hurt in that moment that it's, I, I hope it feels good to hear, oh, that pisses off an impartial third party. But at the same time, it, al it also does sound like this is a pattern of behavior and saying this judgment-free, like I said before, your mom at the minimum clearly has some big voids in her life she needs to fill. And I would have to imagine yeah. might have some mental health issues in her own right that, that, help lead to her putting these blinders on and getting into these situations and, and people who are mentally unhealthy are very easy to take advantage of. Yeah. And I imagine when you have a predator who is mentally unwell, sensing that he has found some prey who is at minimum very, very lonely and therefore willing to maybe be gullible and, and, and maybe even have more than that to sort out. It's not like, you know, you're at the end of the day, your mom is a victim and what a hard mm -hmm. thing. But then you sit here and you go, but with no effort to help herself, no effort to help your grandparents and actions taken to directly hurt you in a way that, that betrays a yeah. trust. That's just like, I mean, I can't, this is, it's a, this is just a, shit situation to hear about from my comfortable perch in New Jersey all the way across the ocean. <laughs> now, do you still have a relationship with your grandparents? Um, yes. I haven't seen them in a long time because of COVID. In the UK, it keeps coming back and waves and waves. They're double vaccinated, but I'm not yet. And they kind of said that they don't want me to come around until I am. Mm -hmm. um, but I try and call my nan every now and then. I'm not the best granddaughter in the world, like, it will be once every month or so just because I get so busy and I forget. And it's, it's easier when I could arrange to see them and when it's just a phone call, it's going to switch by. Um, but yeah, and I think there's also part of me, I don't want it to affect my relationship with my grandparents, but it also is, it's a thing, isn't it? Like I'm, I'm slightly worried that when I call my grandparents' landline, my mum might pick up. And that's happened. Right. I've picked up before and I'll say, hey, it's, and she'll immediately pass it over without saying anything. And that obviously doesn't leave me feeling very good. And then I have an awkward conversation with my nan and it's not, I don't want it to impact it, but it just does by the fact that she's there. And we, we went over to go visit them, uh, I want to say early last summer, like at the end of the first wave. Um, and my mum was there. And she was her usual self in that she basically just wanted to be really chatty and pretend nothing was wrong. Mm -hmm. Didn't 
apologized, didn't want to talk about anything serious. She just kind of like chit-chatted. And I felt incredibly awkward. And the same thing happened at my brother's wedding. I was just going to add, oh, at your brother's wedding. So she's there. Is yeah, your, same thing. Just awkward chit-chat. How's your brother doing oh. with, with this whole wing of the family? So while she was away, he stayed in contact with her. They, yeah, I mean, I think he heard from her quite a lot, but towards the start and then it, it petered out. He basically got to the point where he told me he would only hear from her when she needed something. So he was her designated person in the UK who could do stuff with her banking or whatever boring paperwork she needed. And that she would never just call my brother anymore to just chat. She'd become really narcissistic. Um, which is not how she used to be, and it like really signifies a change in her. Um, but their relationship then kind of just just dwindled a bit. I think they're sort of in touch, but not loads. My brother's married now, and he's quite happy with his new family. There is a lot less drama on that side, and I think he's kind of drifted <laughs> away into the safe space. I can't really blame him, but I have a really difficult relationship with him. So yeah, it's just a, it's just a mess. It's all a mess. Mm. And uh, okay, I have a quick logistical question. Did you? It's I, oh. I, well. I feel like you never met this man. Did your brother ever meet this guy your mom got engaged to? No, no, no. The only person who physically met him was my aunt, who flew over to Turkey. And that ended in because a he would never travel to the UK. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And now remind me, because again, I have been so overwhelmed. And remind me, you are running your own agency now. You're an adult. Well, it's not technically my own, but yes, I'm running a business on behalf right. of someone else. It's great. Grassroots I'm, I'm doing really well. And in your personal life, yeah. I don't even, you'll have to pardon me. I, um, I don't know that we, if we've even spoken about your family, as in, um, are you married? Do you have a partner? Husband? Your husband? Yeah. yeah, I thought you meant, did you mention yeah. your husband? I think vaguely when I was like, we drove here, we drove there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we did. Like we, we got married whilst my mum was away. So I had a wedding that she wasn't there. Um, but we've been together like- She missed your wedding? She didn't come back for the wedding? I didn't invite her, Chris. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, oh, wow. but no. I kind of didn't Break feel like it was an appropriate moment. Sorry. No, I, I mean, after, she's, though, after she said what she said, yeah, you don't want her there. Of course no, you don't want her there. Really. I mean, I did, I did get a message from her around the time of the wedding, and it was, it was like a Facebook message, and it said, I'm really... <laughs> I miss you, but I regret nothing. That's, I, what she, that's what she said. I just didn't reply. That was it, like one line. That's an awfully defiant thing to say. Like, it sounds like something that a teenager in a movie would say if they were trying to illustrate a teenager <laughs> being like glib and defiant. <laughs> yep. yep. Now, I, didn't, I didn't think it deserved a response. Now... Sometimes I've run into trouble in this show. Sometimes people will say, oh, it's like free therapy. And I never want to present it as that because I do not know what I'm talking about. 
But I can tell you this, and this is not said from any professional perspective. This is said from the perspective of a human who's lived 41 years of life, who's had ups, who's had downs. I'm just going to say this. If you want to let your mom back in, that's very gracious of you. If you never want to hear from your mom ever again in your entire life, that's fine too. And I can tell you this just from the human perspective. You don't have to feel a shred of guilt either way because you didn't do a thing to cause it and you went absolutely to the finish line in trying to stop this nonsense. And all you mm-hmm. were all you were met with along the way was some really concerning, trust-shattering aggressiveness. And your mom has a lot of problems. That's clear. She's dug herself in a hole where there's current problems. And clearly there were some problems leading into all this. But at the end of the day, you did your part. You tried really hard. I mean, Mm. you messaged a bunch of strangers. They all told you that what was going to happen is exactly what happened. And you showed her and she chose over and over again to ignore you. And in fact when you tried to stay in the ring on behalf of being a good family member to keep fighting the good fight to avoid exactly what has happened, you were lashed out at in a way that no matter, no matter, I can't imagine someone else's side of the story where it's acceptable to take it as far as it was taken in reference to your assault. So you rest easy. No matter what you decide, I can just tell you, if you're ever sitting there feeling guilty, I hope you just hear me in the back of your voice going, you can feel confused, you can feel sad, you can feel mad, you can feel perplexed, you can have all sorts of self-questioning, you can you can throw guilt right out the goddamn window on this one for the rest of your life. And that's coming from me. I will feel guilty about everything, everything. Everything. <laughs> You can, there's people who listen to this show who they'll meet me in real life. I'll be out on the road doing shows. They'll come up to me. They'll go, I got to tell you, dude, you've been making this show. I've been listening for years. It has brought so much joy to my life. And I will literally respond by going like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know I could do better. I'll apologize when people compliment me. Guilt and me are best friends. You do not need to feel guilt in relation to this one. A lot of other things you can feel, but don't, don't let guilt be one of them. Okay. I regret nothing. And our producer, Anita, um, just typed into our chat, I regret nothing is code for I will never admit that I made a mistake. And that's the wedding message you get. That's the wedding 100%. message you get. Correct, Anita. Yeah. No, thanks. A lot of things you can feel. Mm-hmm. Even forgiveness. But guilt cannot be one of them. Because guilt is also how you get exploited, okay. you know? Mm. Yeah. Guilt is how you let this bullshit back into your life before she has made amends on her end. That's what guilt leads to, right? Guilt. Because, yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, I'm, I'm doing really fucking good. Life has been great. It, it sounds horrible, but since it all blew up, obviously there was a, like a mourning period, but I do feel like I've 
almost mourned my mum. I've mourned the loss of my parents. And now life is good. And I do not want to touch that drama with a fucking barge pole. Like, good. no thank you. With a stink? Did you say stink barge? I know that it would just cause more pain. <laughs> so in, it, in British English, you say, I don't want to touch it with a barge pole. Oh, we would say 10-foot really, pole. really, long pole. We say 10-foot pole over here. But what's a stink barge? Is that a boat with a bunch of garbage on it? I don't know. It's just a barge. A barge is a barge. Yeah, stink pole. Stink barge pole. pole. We say 10-foot pole, but hey, metric system doesn't translate stink barge pole. I like yours better. Okay, thanks. <laughs> You're crushing yeah. it. Okay, 10-foot pole, barge pole, fuck off, essentially. Yes, I love it. You got... <laughs> You're helping build this business from the ground up. You're taking ownership on that. You're on the phone all day. Australia, New York. Let me hook up these graphic designers with the clients who need them. Let me pan-oceanic, cross-continental domination of the advertising illustration game. Husband who loves you. You don't have nothing to apologize for. Nothing to apologize for with any of that. Not when you, it would be one thing if you're like, I had a feeling that this was going to happen and I kind of mentioned it to my mom and then it got awkward. You're showing screen grabs of women going, I'm having nervous breakdowns and he took all my money. You got eight of them in 24 hours and and you get threatened for it. But she believes that he was seven years old and walked into a hospital and got marked down at zero. I think that was the moment when really she'd believe anything. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, uh, yeah, I'm also living in a country where there's a lot of people who think that some guy named Q posts on a message board that also allows child porn and that they're the ones who are going to take down a cabal of child porn. Like people, people, sometimes people want to believe crazy shit because they want to believe it. And we're living in a world right now where it seems like a lot of people want to opt into things that are clear-cut fantasies. And it really, really yeah. sucks that your mom is one of them. But I got to say, after a certain point in this call, I got to stop worrying about your mom. I got to worry about you. It's your story. This is your story. And, uh, and Thanks, yeah. And you know what? Here's another thing. Your mom has made choices that define her life. And you have to give yourself permission to make sure that those are not the choices that define your life. Because that can happen too. Yep. I appreciate you. Thank you. This one really took a turn. <laughs> I've told a lot of people this story just as as a form of my own like talking therapy. I find it easier to talk about these things. And also, like, I can't really mention that I don't talk to my mom without telling the crazy, weird story. Um, but, yeah, I feel like you, you have good insight and good analysis. All I, I really can, appreciate it. Listen, people say that stuff, maybe, but also it's not hard, just so you know. And I think this will start out sounding a little weird or maybe, I hope this doesn't feel like I'm condescending because I think it actually give you a lot of hope. This is a story that to someone who's, again, just a voice on a podcast in a different country, mm. it is an extraordinarily complicated story but it is pretty simple in terms of how to feel about it. You know, your mom got screwed over by this guy. It ran downhill where you got screwed over. Your mom didn't go to your wedding and sent a shitty note. Like your mom brought up 
an assault you suffered through in a way that clearly, right? I, I'm over here. I don't, I, I'm, I'm just hearing about it for the first time. That sounds like, it sounds to me like when you watch the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy and King Theon had that worm tongue guy whispering in his ear. Remember that? Did you ever see those movies? I mean, yes, but not remembering this level of specific. Remember that dusty old king, that creepy old dusty old king that they go to for help uh, yeah, with the yeah, horse yeah. people, and he's got that sw- he's got that sweaty dirt bag just whispering in his ear, and the guy and the king's just like, you know, what he says is true. And meanwhile, the king is all in hell, and then yeah. they finally can disconnect that asshole from being able to just totally like Svengali the king, and all of a sudden the king has like really bright, clear blue eyes again, and he's kind of like hot for uh, for like a uh, you know older an older gentleman he's like still kind of like striking and hot as a king now he's badass he's like no let's get to work sounds like your mom got a go- got one of those worm tongues she got worm tongued that's that guy grima worm tongue was mm-hmm. that character's name she's got this guy whispering right she's saying all this awful stuff to you and i bet you can just we can all assume this she's this guy is convincing her of this she wants to mm-hmm. believe. She wants to believe that he's going to make her not lonely. Everybody yeah. in this life, everybody in this goddamn world just wants to feel a little less lonely. And we all got to figure out why in 2021, it seems like the default baseline position for so many of us is to just feel intensely lonely. Because that's how your mom got taken advantage of, right? That's how a lot of people mm-hmm. get taken advantage of. You feel so goddamn alone in this world that you'll give every penny you have to a maniac. If he can make you, if he can promise you, well, I'll make you feel less alone. To the point where he convinces you the other people in your life who are the ones really making you not alone are the ones making you feel alone. This is, this is a concerning society we live in. Yeah. Concerning times. Yep. I feel like I've run an hour now, haven't I? We got ninety it's seconds left. I got two heavy hitter questions oh, that are impossible to answer in ninety seconds. One, you mentioned that your mom and dad were divorced. Are you in touch with your dad at all? Two, mm-hmm. companion question. I get the sense you don't have kids yet. Recently married. Have you thought about it? And I have to imagine this might shake you up in terms of that thought process. Oh my God, please tell me I have longer than 90 seconds to answer both of those. You have 68 yeah. seconds. Um, but I'll give you a little longer. Okay, so I'll give one, you a little longer. <laughs> um, one, I didn't have a relationship with my dad or a very good relationship growing up. Um, had a year of not talking to him a while back, but now we are on good terms. And he has, we disagree on a lot, but he has been very, very supportive throughout all of this. Um, two, I can't make my mind up. I don't know. I I thought I would by now, but I don't know if I do. And yeah, I imagine it probably will play a part when I feel like I am ready. If I feel like I'm ready, I don't know. It's that's a big, big question that I just I'm avoiding. If I'm honest. I mean, you answered both of those in forty seconds. That was miraculous. That was miraculous. <laughs> I'm amazing. You are. You're incredible. And uh, well, let me let me say a couple things. One, glad to hear you've reconnected with your dad. Maybe that's a silver lining. Is that the bar has now been set so differently in terms of being able to forgive and reconnect with people that your your mom has moved the goal. We in the states, I think I don't know if you have this phrase, move the goalposts. Do you know that? 
Your mom yeah. is not, your mom yeah, has yeah. now moved the goalpost so much further down the field that your dad is back on the pitch, right? Pitch is that a thing that happens in soccer? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden your dad's not no, on the bench so anymore because your mom made this field three times larger than it had to be in terms of forgiving. But I'll, let me say one other thing. And I, I feel bad. I'm going to make it about me a little bit at the end. But I'll tell you something. Mm. First of all, if you don't want to have kids, that's great. I am jealous of your ability to both sleep and travel. Boom. Enjoy it. Enjoy your childless life if that's what you decide you want. But if there's any part of you sitting here going, man, my mom was a destructive force and I watched how bad that can go. She tried to tear me down along the way. If there's any part of you sitting there going, and that's the example I have, so can I be a good mom? I want to say one thing. And again, I don't know yet. Who knows? I don't know the other 99% of your life outside of this. But I remember really, really struggling going, I have, I have, on my end, I remember sitting here going, am I really going to have a kid when I am someone who's struggled? I've been on pills for years and bounced between therapists and I've fallen off the wagon and I've done things I'm ashamed of and I've ruined relationships and it's all because I can't sort out my mental health and I work so hard. And uh, I tell you what, I had a friend tell me um, in very simple terms, sometimes people go through stuff like that and the pattern repeats and it would make you a bad dad. But the person said, and it may have even been a caller on this show, actually said something to me along the lines of like the fact that you've been through all that stuff and you actually sit here and think about it and you sit here and try to figure out how to make sure that your kid doesn't fall in the same trap actually gives you so many advantages in that conversation. And you're, if my kid ever is depressed, he's not going to be scared to talk to me of all people. I was terrified to talk to my parents about it. My kid's not going to be scared. If I ever see my kid dealing with bullying or going too hard with substances, I'm going to recognize it. I'm going to see it. So let's be honest. This is your, you want to get back to the dark comedy. This might make you giggle. <laughs> might be fair to say you have one of the more fucked up moms that <laughs> any of us are ever going to hear about, right? But that being said, if that makes you scared to be a mom, understand that there might be an aspect of that that goes, it might just make you the greatest mom. So there's that too. No pressure. But another thing for you to think about. Sorry, digesting, but thank you. No, no apologies. Um, I know we're going a little long on this one, but there's a lot, and I don't want to leave any of that unresolved. And I also have to applaud you. We've said that a lot. It's hard for um, hard for Americans to always sort out European stereotypes, but I have to say, you, you've apologized for crying. You've done more in this hour to tear down the notion of the Stoic Brit than... Uh, <laughs> than I could have ever predicted on the Isn't way. It, is it not well known that we apologize for everything? 
because I thought that was a big stereotype. Oh, that's Canadians. People. That's what we say about Canadians. Um, Canadians are always apologizing. Um, it's us as well. Sorry. It's the Canadians, the Irish Catholics. <laughs> it's a well-known stereotype in America. All my Jewish friends say they're defined by guilt and apologies. We think of the English as sort of like emotionally suppressed people who never, never let their guard down and cry in front of us. So you've just, this has done a beautiful thing for, for, uh, for the relations of the, of British emotions to the world. Smash it. You're welcome. <laughs> I really, I wish you the best. I hope that this all lands wherever you want it to. And I hope that, uh, I, I hope that, I hope it resolves in a way that gives you peace and allows you to move forward. But honestly, I just want to reiterate, don't sit around feeling bad. You, you fought the good fight. You really did. Thanks. Thanks, man. Bye. Caller, thank you for sharing. And that pain is still very real. And I'm so sorry. I hope you do not have any late nights where you can't sleep wondering if you could have done more because you went way above and beyond what most of us listening would have. I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to say a version of that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you to Anita Flores for producing the show, which is also engineered by Jared O'Connell and Marcus Hom. Our theme song's by Shell Shag. I'm going out on the road all the time lately. Live beautiful anonymous shows, live stand-up shows, chrisgeth.com if you want tickets. Hey, wherever you're listening, hit subscribe, favorite, follow. That button helps us a lot, so please hit it. We've also got a lot of merch over at podswag.com, including our T-shirt that all the proceeds go to benefit research in relation to Parkinson's disease. There's also mugs, shirts, posters, and a lot more at podswag.com. Find ad-free episodes of Beautiful Anonymous and a ton of other shows at Stitcher Premium. Use the promo code STORIES. You'll get a month free. That's at stitcher.com slash premium. 